0: reading from Joshua chapter 5, beginning in verse 1 through going through verse 9. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west, and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over. Their hearts melted, and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeath Haraloth. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out had been circumcised, Yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord the Lord, swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give, them, to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children whom he raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. When the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place was called Gilgal to this day. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we pray for open eyes and ears to hear the truth of your scripture. Lord, we pray that this would be imprinted upon our hearts, that we would see the truth that is contained in your sign and seal of your covenant of the deliverance that you have promised and granted. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. The main focus of this passage, well, the structure we see here is that now that Israel has crossed over the Jordan, that they have been provided this way by God, all of the people of the land are melting away. Their hearts are melting. Their spirit has left them, they are distraught because they know that God is with them. They do not stand a chance against this people because God is fighting for them, and so they are melting away. And in response to this, now that Israel enters the land, the Lord institutes, re the covenant sign and seal of circumcision that he gave to Abraham back in Genesis 18. And he it says that he does it a second time, right? Because, not because they're not, they're not getting it a second time, because they're getting it from themselves the first time, uh, because they had not been circumcised. But it's a second time, because this is the second time where the whole group would have to be done. The first time would be when Abraham was given the sign. Every, you know, everybody in his household would have to be given it. It would be a, a big deal. Everybody would be given it. And here now a second time, everybody, all of Israel is given this sign. And it ends in the third section showing what God has to say about this. He says, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And that's why they named the place Gilgal because that means roll away. And so the focus here is on reproach. That disgrace or shame that had been put on Israel. Now, there's two types of reproach that we can can see here. There's the external reproach. And you can sympathize with this in your life. There may be words that are spoken to you or words that are spoken about you that tear you down, that shame you, that disgrace you. Or perhaps as a as a parent or a, a teacher, you pour all your effort and time into these little ones, and maybe one of them throws away all of those years of teaching and plugging into them. There's a disgrace feeling in that. There's a shame or a rejection that you that, that there isn't there. There's an external way that we that we get this reproach upon us. But there's also an internal aspect, right? We can feel reproach and shame when we fail publicly, when people see that. Uh, we can feel reproach for past sins, things that we have done wrong, that we, that we carry in our hearts. We can feel reproach just from our, our own sense of inadequacy, not living up to the standards that, that we have. The reproach of Egypt is twofold like this. The things that were done to them, done to Israel... There's the shame of slavery. Not this generation, but the previous generation. They're children of slaves, children of slavery. They are sent out with no home. They have no land. They have no country. They're nomads, wanderers. But there's also things done by them, right? Because they did not administer Or receive or seek out the sign of circumcision. This was a big deal. Reading this, any any good Jewish person reading this would be caught off. What the entire nation, all of the adults, the men of war. Well, what? what, Okay, what about their sons? What about their children? What about their babies? None of them. This was a huge deal. Genesis 17. We read that. God instituted this sign for Abraham and his children. All generations it was supposed to go to. And it said, any male who was not circumcised shall be cut off from the people of Israel. He has broken my covenant. That's a big deal. They were in the covenant with God by birth. They were responsible for the covenant of God by birth. And by not having that, they become covenant breakers. They are not fulfilling it. And so we have that internal aspect of shame and disgrace and reproach because their parents didn't give them the sign And then now that they are adults, they did not seek it for themselves and they did not give it to their children. And it's not just something that you have. This sign of circumcision is something to be witnessed. In the Jewish community, a bris is observed by the family, the father, the mother, the mother, the, the people would go and see the sign and seal of the Lord in this act this is what god has promised this is something that we are looking forward to this is something it's not something that you see every day but in the moment on the eighth day of the male child after the male child is, is born you see the sign and you are reminded of the truth that god has promised great things he has promised a land he has promised a future he has promised blessings to all the families of the earth and they had never seen it. Israel's reproach here is being undone on this day because God brought them into the land, the promised land, and because he restored the sign of his covenant before them. Both of those things. Perhaps you feel the sting of reproach something that you have done or something that has been done to you. Maybe even something that has happened in a previous generation that makes you feel shame, disgrace. But the only thing that can take away our reproach is Christ coming and scrubbing the stain of sin and death from the earth and remaking us in his image. We see a shadow of this in how God provided for Israel in this moment. He rolled away their reproach. He took it from them and cast it down a hill. He gave them that land. He gave them a home a country of their own, something that was theirs, that he provided for them. And he reinstituted the sign of circumcision that was the sign and seal of their relationship to God and pointed forward to something much greater. We'll look at those two things separately. Firstly, God removes their approach by giving them that home. He brought them in on dry ground through the amazing uh, miracle of drying up the Jordan, stopping it up. Once they crossed that river, they were no longer nomads. They were home. There was still work to do. They still had to obey and to follow through to go and take the land though God would be the one who conquers their enemies as we've read multiple times before but they were home now his promise is being fulfilled in that everywhere their foot touches, that's their land this is home now you have arrived you're not a wanderer likewise spiritual nomad are given a home in Christ's church. The church that he established when he came to earth. He gives us a home free from our former ignorance. We did not know the truth and now we know the truth. He gives us a home from our former detachment or false attachments to false gods and false ideologies. We have a place we belong and are attached to, to him and to his family that he has built. And we now have a future heavenly home, because Christ is coming again. We have this amazing gift in him, and also we have a hope that is going to be even better than this. It's going to be even better than this because sin will truly be gone. The, the, reproach, the vestiges and reproach of reproach that we still bear in our hearts will be truly scrubbed away. We also see that God caused their enemies to melt away before them. This was not because of Israel, of what Israel had done, but because what God had done. He dried up the Jordan. And so everybody looking on says, God is fighting for these people. How can we stand against them? Of course they melted away. The same is true for us. We stand in the Christian life. And our reproach is taken away because the forces against us melt away before Christ. Spiritual forces do not cower before us. Satan's not afraid of you or me. Do you remember Acts nineteen when the sons of Skeva try to cast out demons? The demons say, well, yeah, Jesus I've heard of, and and Paul, uh, Jesus I know, and Paul I've heard of, but I don't know you. And they are ravaged and mastered and cast out of the house. But every single time Christ is present, the demons cower. They cower before him. When he's speaking in the temple, somebody with a, uh, in, in Mark chapter 2, a demon-possessed man just bursts out. why uh, and, 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 and why are you here, son of God? I know who you are. Why are you here? They could never stand his presence. And by his power, his disciples were able to cast out. Not because of something that they did. Not because of who they were, but because of who Christ was in them. Spiritual forces don't cower before us, but before our mighty God. The same is true about our spiritual needs. They are not met by our own hands. But God has provided His Word. We didn't write this. We didn't bring this to ourselves. God gave this to us. God feeds us through His sacraments, through baptism, and through the Lord's Supper that we may witness the physical elements that reveal His truth. And through prayer, it is not by our own strength that we can pray to God that that we may be heard of Him, but by the power of Christ, our mediator that we are heard. It is not us, but God who conquers who takes away our failure? And thinking about the external reproach, in ways that we may deal with it personally, maybe you're feeling uh, the reproach of what somebody has said to you or what somebody has done to you, or something from from even before you were born. What comes to mind for me was when I was in college. I remember being in a class and somebody got on a, a soapbox about Jonathan Edwards, who I loved reading. He was my favorite theologian at that time. And this is a secular university and it's kind of an American literature class and they just needed to tear into him because he owned slaves. And a lot of people think, how can you be a part of a church when people uh, in your tradition owned slaves, how can you how can you even think how can you read that guy anymore? That guy's a sinner. That guy's a racist. More recently, I read an article by somebody saying that he can't read J. Gresham Machen anymore. If you're not familiar with who this is, he is actually a man used greatly by God um, in preserving theologically uh, sound and biblical uh, teaching by starting Westminster Seminary and, and starting the OPC. He did a lot of great things. God used him for great things. But he also sinned. He had a sin of prejudice. And he was pro-segregation. That's the sin of partiality against black men and women. The world, when they see these sins, offers no way for the reproach to be rolled away. In their eyes, the church is stained forever. The Reformed tradition is stained forever. And there's nothing to be done about it. Because the world does not provide salvation. It only provides condemnation and self-righteousness. Only Christ can take away the sin and the reproach of sin. So what do we do? What do we do when we know that God used these men mightily for his church? but they had feet of clay. They did things wrong. They sinned against their brothers. The world wants to fight over this, but because we have a God who saves, who is merciful, who takes away reproach, who saved them by grace, not because of their merit and the great things that they have done, he saved them by grace. We don't have to fight and say, no, they, they never made a mistake. No, they never sinned. We don't have to fight because we are people who confess our sins. We are people who say, I have done things wrong. And not just, not just kind of like an ethereal, like a kind of out there wrongness. I have done real, material, physical things wrong. I have said things wrong. And not just, not just like I, I kind of fell short in a way. No, I sin against people. I hurt them. And I hate that I do that. And I don't always know how I do it. And I believe if they understood how they were, they would repent. Because that's how God works in our hearts. When we see our sin, we're called to repentance. This is a problem that we have to face because people want to bring up the Crusades and abusive pastors and things like that as an excuse to bring reproach. But if we do not hide our sins but confess them, we have forgiveness. We are not a place for perfect people but forgiven people. And when outsiders may not get that but Someday, people will see that and they will say, I have failed. I struggle with the reproach placed on me. And look, there is a place where there is forgiveness. There is a place where reproach is rolled away. And that place is Christ's church. It is only in his family that reproaches of the past are rolled away. God rolls away sin from external, uh, 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 rolls away reproach that is put on us externally, but he also rolls away, away reproach that is borne by our own actions personally. And he does that by remaking us in the image of Christ. I want to look at this topic in in two steps. First, by looking at circumcision here, and then we'll actually look at baptism as it corresponds to it. Circumcision is looking forward this whole time. It's looking forward to a truth that is not fully realized that they do not understand. And it's not just this promise of the land, and we know that because once they get into the land, once they conquer the land, once they build a kingdom and have a king, they still have the sign of circumcision. It continues on even after David. Well, if they have a land, if they have this kingdom, if they have this country, and they have all these people and these great things, even under the glory of Solomon, why are they still having the sign of circumcision? Because it's pointing forward to something greater. It is a sign that points forward to the full realization of the promises given to Abraham that you will be a father of a multitude of nations. All the families of the world will be blessed through you. That hasn't been realized. Circumcision is a sign and a seal of God's covenant. We read in Romans 4, He, being Abraham, received the sign of circumcision as a seal of righteousness. That's where we get the term sign and seal. A sign of circumcision as a seal of righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believed without being circumcised so that the righteousness would be counted to them as well and to make him the father of the circumcised who were not merely circumcised but who also walk in the footsteps of faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. So was a sign that portrayed the promise of, Visually, this is pointing forward to something that the family would be able to witness the action and say this is a promise that is going to be fulfilled in the future. And it is a seal, God's kingly seal being placed there, that they know that this promise is not in vain, but it has been authorized by God Himself. And this sign is is a bloody and a painful sign. They had the whole, all of Israel doing this in one day and they had to wait before they did anything for days for them to heal. They couldn't go into battle after being circumcised. It was bloody and painful. And that is looking forward to the bloody and painful sacrifice Christ would provide on our behalf. And this is only given to sons, right? This is only given to sons and the family. Not everybody receives this though we all witness it or they all witnessed it as, as family members. It was only given to sons as God would give His Son to fulfill that sign of blood and suffering. Cross. Colossians 2 also speaks of circumcision. It says, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of flesh. We'll stop. There, for the moment, it is a sign that symbolizes not only the external reality of what Christ would do in the future at the future point, but the internal reality of what happens to the one who receives it by faith—that the body of flesh, the flesh is taken off. Abraham received God's righteousness. By faith, it says in Genesis, 7, uh, in, in Genesis 15, that he believed, and God counted it him as righteousness. And then he received their sign that symbolized that truth, the righteousness being applied to him, that the old self is gone, the flesh is taken off. And this sign is given to all his sons in all generations. Yet it is only those who respond in faith that receive the righteousness. Just as it was for Abraham, he received righteousness by faith. And all the sons only received righteousness not by a sign of circumcision, but by faith was that made efficacious and this is because the promises that are fulfilled in Christ who also can only be received by faith now the promises for the blessings of all the families in the earth and making Abraham a multitude of nations circumcision represented Israel's great promise and God's great plan for them. No matter what happened before in their wandering or their enslavement or or things that were done by them or things that were done to them, God's promises here and present visually before them, they know that there is something greater coming and that their reproach of their self-doubt and their purposelessness is rolled away. Now, just as an aside, for anybody who may have doubts, there may be a question in your mind, well, do I need to have this sign and seal of circumcision? Is this, I mean, it says that that all the generations need to have it, and this is the sign and seal of God and His covenant. Well, sh- do I need to have? The New Testament addresses this thoroughly. In, in, in Acts 15, we see the Jerusalem Council where uh, there were Jews who were trying to bring the Gentiles into the church, but they had to be circumcised. And the whole council, we, we have arguments from Peter and James, and they're saying no. And they're arguing from Old Testament scriptures. Uh, from, from Amos 9, they're arguing, no, God is calling the nations to himself through us. They are not becoming Jews. they They are being drawn to God. And Paul is very clear when he speaks of this in Galatians 3 and Galatians 5 that in seeking circumcision as trying to find your access to God is a deadly error. The works of the flesh do not get you there. To try to gain access to God by doing the works of the law. You're putting yourself under a yoke that no one, no one could bear. Putting yourself under the law rather than under grace that Christ has provided. This is the old sign that is fulfilled in Christ. It looked forward to Christ and His sacrifice and what He would provide for us. But now we have another sign that corresponds because now we have a sign that looks back. That looked forward to a sacrifice of blood. But Christ was given as a sacrifice once. As First Peter 3.18 says, Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. We're not looking forward to to another sacrifice. We're not looking forward to more blood and suffering because it's been accomplished in Christ. And so that sign is no longer needed. The sign that God has given for His church now is baptism. Your salvation is a gift received. There's no more sacrifice yet to be made. There's no more payment. As we heard this morning, that it is a gift. This was very thoroughly taught. It is a gift, and yet sometimes we receive it and still try to pay it. It's like God has given given you a home. He's given you a house. He's given you a place to live, and you say, "Thank you, thank you. What a great honor and gift and privilege this is." Um, So, who do I make the check out to? And we treat it like a mortgage right yeah i'm living in the house but I, I need to make my payment so that i can continue to live here and and each month you 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 have this up and down of like okay yes i live here yeah oh no it's pay it, it's it's the first it's i got to pay my rent i've got to i've got to do my deeds no it's a gift it has been accomplished there is no more suffering needed to pay for the sins And now, after Christ has come and suffered, the sign is is not just given to the sons, right? Because that was looking forward to the only begotten Son who would suffer and die on our behalf. And now, we look back to the, the gift that is given to all. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. You are all one in Christ. And so now, all receive the sign we're not looking forward we're not looking forward to that true son of israel but looking back as those who are made children of israel through him continuing colossians 2 actually i'll reread that section it says in him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Christ has fulfilled the sign. You have it in him. Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Just like Abraham and his physical sons, we receive the sign and seal of what God has promised. But the reality of those promises are only realized through faith. You can see that in in what we just read having been buried with him in baptism. Right? We're already dead. We don't, we don't need further death put upon us. <laughs> we're dead in our trespasses and sins already. But the sign is plied, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith. The sign is only effective through faith. We need to be risen. Being buried is not enough. We need to be raised in Christ. And that is done through faith. Likewise, the true depth of our reproach, our sin and shame and disgrace, these things cannot be removed by physical signs unless they are accompanied by faith. And we are reminded of that deliverance whenever we witness that sign of baptism administered. Jesus Christ was the true and faithful son of Israel. Here we see that Israel needed to be circumcised a second time But it was Christ who once for all accomplished the true purpose and meaning of the sign. It is in him that all the families of the earth are blessed. It is in him that God is making the sons of Abraham into a multitude of nations. Multitude of nations. That can't come from one person. That can't come from one nation. But all the other nations are being drawn into him. He bled once for all. And your approach was placed upon Him. It has been rolled away. And any vestiges of that reproach that are left will be ultimately removed when we are brought to our final home. And when we are made fully in His image. Giving glorified, being given a glorified body. He will make it so. Let's go to Him in prayer. Lord, we thank you for giving us your word, for giving us signs, for giving us the authoritative seal by, may, by, by which we may see that you are with us that you are faithful to your promises. Lord, we pray that our hearts may shed their reproach, not through self confidence or excuses or whatever the world would have us do through positive thinking or any of that like, Lord. But help us to roll not us roll, Lord, we pray that you would roll away our reproach, that we would see the truth of what Christ has done in us, and we pray and yearn for the day that you will return and make all things new. In Christ's name, amen.